Today, we discuss Miro. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, gathering information. You get buy-in from every team. Uh, you know, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. That's M-I-R-O.com. M-S-W Media. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela! The Final Word. 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 <laughs> what was that one? I don't know. Oh, times are weird. Times oh are weird. God. Oh my God. We just have been talking for like 20 minutes, y'all. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We wait till we, we tell you what we're talking about because it's very exciting. Uh, but thank you for joining us here at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for checking out all those podcasts on both networks. They are, we are creating our own left progressive community of action, which is yes. the really important part of that. So thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, and we want to thank everyone who has supported this Black woman-owned business through Patreon. We cannot thank you enough. You are the wind beneath our wings and um, the payment to the electric company. Uh, and, and, and if you aren't already a Patreon but are desperate to be one, <laughs> please don't let us slow your roll. Okay. I want to thank people. Some people have sent us some, some uh, donations also, just like straight up donations. And thank, thank you. you very much for that. Um, you know, our industry is not bouncing back at the way that we would like. Um, so thank you very much for your continued support and for getting cameos. Yes. We can wish your, you know, wish somebody a happy Mother's Day because that's coming up. And or a happy birthday. Hey, all you Tauruses and Aries out there. Um, and you know, we can give you a pep talk or tell your kids to go to bed, whatever you need. Whatever you need, go to Cameo and uh, look up Frangela. 
Yes. Also, we want to remind you about our new release dates of the podcast, Fridays for The Final Word and Mondays for Idiot of the Week. And always join us every Friday for the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show for the Black Power Hour. And what happens? That is when Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills in an exotic erotic dance. Now, was, that, was that Grace Jones or what did you feel Tina Turner? I felt Tina Turner. That's what but I was you know what? For. But you know what? But you know, but once you said Grace, I was like, I could see that. See, I was worried it was veering into Grace. That's why I, I was going for Tina Turner. Yeah. <laughs> It is an erotic dance. Check it out. Yes, yes, yes. Let's start with this. Woo! Marjorie Taylor Greene is terrified of the media watching her testify under oath. I can't wait. Uh, girl, okay. I got my popcorn I, ready. I start, that's right. I've started popping popcorn because <laughs> this is going to be my jam. Because let me tell you something about this stupid bitch. And I need to just, I'm sorry to have to cuss, but that's all I can call her is a stupid bitch. This stupid bitch, tell me how this makes sense to you. This is her complaining. It's absurd what they are claiming and lie about, she said this uh, yeah, the other day. They're going to allow the press in the courtroom. They're going to allow the whole thing to be videoed live. You know what that's going to look like. The Democrats and the nasty mainstream media are going to be able to twist and turn and clip out any piece they want. Now, help me understand how showing something live puts you in more danger of being misinterpreted. I can tell you. Because when you misinterpret the truth, i.e. lie all the time, that's what gets for her. We, we're not going to misinterpret shit. No. She, she knows that she's been lying and talking shit. Problem. She's been lying, talking shit, and instigating yep. insurrections. She is what the 14th Amendment is made to stop, in fact. Yep. So she is going to be in court on Friday. Uh, the media will be there. Um, yay. And she's going to be, she's basically, she tried to, I'm not saying this will help me out here. Well, here's my thing. Because I love this word they use in this article. She valorized those who stormed the Capitol in attempt to stop the certification of the 2020 election results. And because she did that, yeah, she should be called into court. Her ability to run for office should be called into question because she is anti-democratic. She's an anti-democracy. And, you know, and just because uh, the other MFR, Cawthorn, also they, we, you know, they tried to have him have to come in and testify and stand up for his actions, but a federal judge dismissed disqualify uh, to, to, to disqualify him from Congress but a judge who was um Totenberg no 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 wait 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 I got the wrong See, let's start at the beginning the U.S. District Court Judge Amy Totenberg ruled earlier this week that an effort to disqualify the conspiracy theorist from running for a re-election over her alleged role this is Marjorie Taylor Greene right in the attack on the Capitol last January 6th can proceed so basically there's a group that we're going to tell you more about free speech for people and they have filed a a, a a complaint. They have filed a case saying that she should not be able to run for office given the Constitution's 14th Amendment, which precludes people who have participated in an insurrection or an aiding and 
abetting one in some way to run for office. So she had, she filed a motion to dismiss this case saying that's ridiculous. And the court went actually, no, not only am I not going to dismiss this case, but there's actual, I think the, do you say like a, a torrent or like yeah. the word that the judge used was like a, a tornado of evidence yeah. that suggests that this is a, a whirlpool. That's it. Judge Totenberg said this case involves a whirlpool of colliding constitutional interests of public import. The novelty of the factual and historical posture of this case, especially when assessed in the context of a preliminary injunction motion reviewed on a fast track, has made resolution of the complex legal issues at stake here particularly demanding. That's just yeah. basically, we, we got to do this quickly because this is actually really important. Right. And for me, when I look at that and I go, yeah, you you don't get to walk around in this country and just scream fire when there is none to be making things up and selling it to your constituents to fundraise to stay in office you're making up lies and you're 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 killing democracy well she actually she's a part of the insurrection as far as I'm concerned, part of the insurrection, she's definitely been valorizing it, been saying it was okay. She has called for the, she's called for the um, killing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She has called for people to be killed in government from the president on down to be killed because she, because of this, they feel she subscribes to the big lie that somehow Trump's uh won this election, won yeah. the popular vote, and it was some of so which we all know isn't true. Um, she started her campaign with the whole, she's one of those people who um, said there were Jew, Jewish funded le- space lasers. Yep. They were starting the wildfires in California. So she's no, this is her entire world. This is her bailiwick. A true believer to me, but she, they have raised a tremendous amount of money and she's using this to raise money. Yep. But apparently I heard in the story today, I uh, am watching the news and they're talking about, and, and everybody I have to say on MSNBC and whenever they talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene or show her having to, being so incredulous that she's actually going to be held to account for her own behavior, for her own words, and she actually has to go stand up for what she's said and done. Yes. They all smile, giddily, yeah. as they're talking about it. But she basically, she and Madison Cawthorn, and uh, they've all, even though they've raised millions and millions of dollars with this BS, They've spent it like that. They have spent they have far outpaced their spending this year than their fundraising. So they may actually have a fundraising problem. Madison Coughlin got himself. Somebody was also challenging him on the same basis, but it's the same group, I believe. Right. And so uh, Judge Richard Myers, the second who was appointed by Trump, ruled in favor of Madison Cawthorn as the North Carolina representative yeah. moved to block a similar effort to disqualify him from Congress for his alleged involvement in events on January 6th. So what he got was a Republican judge. Well, but this is the thing more than that, a Trump judge. But the reality is that that they're going to, I I watched the interview with uh, the representative from Free Speech um, for People and they're appealing that ruling. They're yeah. going to appeal that because um, it's a bullshit ruling. It doesn't even make sense. So what Matt, what, what Marjorie Taylor Greene is really upset about is the unfairness of having people actually hear her defend in court the things that she has said and done. That's There's right. nothing unfair about that. In fact, I would want any trial that I had to be in to be publicly live te- shown because the that that is the thing that keeps you from being misinterpreted, right? Yeah. Like people get to see it. But the problem she has is that whole oath thing. Right. Because if you lie in this situation, there is it's a crime. Yeah. I can't wait. And while you're Republican, oh, the Republican Party will not hold you accountable or themselves for any of this BS. Guess who will? Yep. 
So I'm excited to see her fuck this up tomorrow because the only way she can't is to somehow get out of appearing somehow, go into contempt by refusing to appear or lie on the stand. Yep. I can't wait. Get your popcorn ready. Russia holds off on storming last Ukrainian stronghold in Mariupol. As I watch, and I'm sure as we all do, and look at uh, nightly, these videos coming out of that besieged, what's the name of that place? City, uh, Mariupol? The, the city, the, um, the, the, st- the mill, where everybody, that oh, thought the oh, thousand people are, are being mm-hmm. held up hold up their women, children, soldiers. The discussion that there are 500 soldiers who are harmed and hurt and injured in there. I don't know. I don't know what we need to do, but I need a group of people to go in there and get those people. Okay, this is the reality of the situation. And I saw one uh, person say it this way. They're like, here's the problem what that situation is they're surrounded yeah and they tried a corridor and uh they said due to russian that you know these corridors get sort of negotiated allegedly but then what russia does is they don't actually do what they say they're going to do and they don't let it happen they don't honor so it. yeah so um they had a, they had set up a corridor and then somehow the, the russians oh they screwed up and it didn't work out so those people are stuck there and i think the reality is the way that it was set this uh, uh gentleman who was on MSNBC said that what they're doing is they're slowing down the Russian advance. That Mariupol, what they are, what those pe- poor people are going through right now is they are keeping the Russian, they're giving the time to Ukrainian forces to go up and try to keep, to try to advance and get themselves secured up to really have maybe advance or even hold strong yeah. on what, you know, Russia's devoting more and more troops and conscripting people and more and more troops to the situation and more and more firepower, but um, but they don't see a way to, to get those people out. And I don't know why that's okay. With it's the not world. okay. I don't know why it's, well, but isn't it that we're demonstrating that it is by, by, you know, the reality of allowing, I, I, I think we, again, and we said this last week or the week before, I think it was last week where we were like, you know, it's time to look at what are we going to put up with? Because this, what we're basically saying is we are, we are letting Ukraine, we're going to take the fight to Putin down to the last Ukrainian. That's what yeah. I see happening. Exactly. And it's not okay. And, and, and we do need to give a shout out to our boy, Malcolm Nance, because I, you know, I, had, I heard somebody try to suggest that, Mal- well, you know, he's not going to be on the front line. I was like, excuse me, with your happy ass up here in this country. I mean, what are you talking about? I'm yeah. like, look, let me explain something to you. That is not only putting your money where your mouth is and, and walking, walking the talk, but it's beyond that. And I, and I, I think we, we, we're at a place where when I am watching a, an entire city and a hundred, over a hundred thousand people in a situation where everybody is basically saying these people are going to die. Yep. They are going to die unless the, whatever, whoever they take capture maybe, but, but that we can't all their, they are provide, we are using these people and their, their strengths to hold off, to buy some time, to get more weapons, to get more set up for this advance that's coming for this. What I find fascinating for the advance that Russia has um, pre-planned and scheduled for all of us. Yeah. So it's, I really do think, you know, people talk about, they don't think that Biden's being uh, on, you know, uh, what did you call him? Todd, Tuck Todd, Tuck (laughs) Todd. Yeah. Well, you know what? 
Chad. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. These people are held up in that mill and, you know, and the, you, you've got Vladimir Putin telling Russian forces to surround it so that not even a fly comes through. The point is to kill all those people, let them perish in the worst ways, children and women. And we have got to make a decision as humans that we don't let people go through this. Well, you know, and I, I, it is hard. It is hard for me because I do have this, when I think back to images of Haitians under a bridge, I think back to images uh, of this country stopping in in some caravan of, you know, women and children and people trying to get away from things that aren't considered wars and that are, that are extremely life desperate situations, you know, um, it is hard, but this is a world war. I think that we are, and if people are finally saying it, I, I think we're already in the world war. I think that we're just, as we have been in denial in this country of the fact that we are not we are in a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a civil war where we haven't fired any shots, but they have. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it's um, January 6th was the first time, their first attempt at firing shots. They will have more. Yep, they will. They will. So, so I think that the, that we're in denial about the situation we're in. There's nothing you can do to it to make Putin do anything. Right. He's got to go. When you talk about shots fired and being denial, that takes us into this next story, which is very important: the DOJ to appeal mask mandate ruling. And when this is the thing, I think is really interesting about where we are going as a country. And again, to your point about shots fired, shots fired don't look like they used to during the, the Civil War, which is we stand face to face and we, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's got a blue coat on and somebody's got a gray coat on. These are the shots fired. It's people not wanting to wear a mask. It is the, the, uh, the shots fired are the arguments to keep, you know, half a population sick and not well. Those are shots fired. I believe, yes. Sending a group of white nationalists into a, a, a school board meeting. Yes. Armed. Yes. Those are shots fired. And we have to start, re- because they don't look like what we're used to, we have to acknowledge it. We need to start acknowledging. Uh, the Justice Department said that it was appealing a Florida judge's ruling striking down the Biden's administration mass mandate for people traveling on planes, trains, and buses after the CDC uh, said that the requirement was still necessary at this time. That's a quote, at this time to protect public health. See, for me, a public ju- a judge is not a doctor. Oh, especially one that isn't even qualified to be a damn judge. Thank you. Get to that. I mean, can we just say that this judge, U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell, this is a lifetime appointment, people, that she got following the 2020 presidential election, i.e. in the period of time when Trump knew he wasn't going to be president again. Yeah. Okay. She got an unqualified rating and nevertheless, the Senate voted to confirm her because, you know, and I'd like to see what Tim tap dance and pancake step and fetch it had to vote on that. I guarantee you, Tim Scott voted yes on this, this person while voting no on Katanji, but this woman has a lifetime appointment and she is not 
qualified. And she did something she really shouldn't be able to do, which is she made a ruling for the entire United States. Yes. With no arguments. And you know what? When I saw that, I went, you, we can't let that stand. It doesn't matter whether or not the mass mandate is needed or not. A judge cannot overrule the largest medical organization well, that oversees yeah. the United States and its health. How can well, that, that That's the argument. Be? I was so mad at, um, I have to say his name correctly now, it's Tuck Chad. I was so mad at Tuck Chad, and I told Francis early because he's literally a week, you know, a couple weeks ago, Biden isn't tough enough. Um, he's too tough for calling war crimes war crimes in Ukraine. This week he isn't tough enough and he can be rolled for not within five hours of the, the of this ruling challenging it. And I'm like, act, and I we tweeted that. We're literally like, they haven't challenged it yet. They haven't yeah. appealed it yet. It's it had just happened. And yes, the proper this is the way it should happen. The Department of Justice, which again, though, it seems like they can get briefs together real quick when it's about anything other than January 6th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it me? Or do it's they get their true. arguments in line with a quickness when it's not about the destruction of our democracy? But any case, directly. Yeah. This is, of course, that also. And I agree with you, but this is the place I'm at with it. Fuck it. Like, I, I, these people have pushed me to this place. I am so sick of them. I am so sick of them. We have got to vote these idiots out of office. We have got to right these wrongs. We have a lot of cleanup work to do. We've got to get these unqualified judges off the bench. Forget new appointments. We got to get rid of all these fucked appointments. This person cannot, and there are mechanisms for this. And don't come at me with that hasn't happened before. A lot hasn't happened before. We didn't have a black vice president or president for a really long time. So shit changes. So I'm like, I, this, it is absolutely, I have had it with them. I've had it with the patchwork of, of uh, one building. Yes. One other building. No, let me tell you what Angela V. Shelton, the Detroit Shelton's is going to continue to do perhaps to the day I die, wear a mask. Because I will tell you, not only has it kept me from getting another batch of COVID or a variant again, what it is also does, I haven't had a cold. Yeah. I don't know why this is so complicated for people because I'm like, look, dude, I haven't had a cold in two years and I've saved a lot of money on lip gloss. I'm just saying. And, we, and so- I, I, I am just so sick of these people. The fact that they, you know, I, I would really, I prefer, I prefer the white hoods. I do. Yeah. I prefer the clarity of purpose. But you, you know, know but, but here you go. Back to shots fired. The Florida State Asen- Senate approved a new congressional map proposed by Ron- Governor Ron DeSantis that gives Republicans a significant advantage over Democrats. The new map, one of the nation's most aggressive, creates 20 seats that favor Republicans compared to eight that favor Democrats. As a result, Republicans are expected to hold 71% of the seats. Trump won Florida in 20. 20- no matter how, no matter how many people vote. That's, that's, that's right. Right. That's right. Trump won Florida with 51.2% of the vote, which I'm going to tell you, if you got 71% of the seats, but the the president only won with 51% of the votes, that means that those seats don't represent the people in that state. 
Nope. And they're not supposed they don't want they're not the Republican Party is interested in democracy or voting. What they're interested in is staying in power That's and right. protecting themselves. So they don't give a fuck about the Fed. They don't give a fuck about Republicans voting. They don't no. want nobody to vote at the end of the day because voting is dangerous to them. And as we're sitting here, the, the that same legisl- state legislature in Florida is going to they're tr- about to vote to revoke Disney's special status in the state where they have special t- they get to govern themselves. Which- Let me tell you something. I got, I got mixed say, feelings about. <laughs> I do too. But for me, I'm sitting here going, well, Disney, what the fuck you going to do about this? Because to me, what you yep. should be doing with your corporate money, because corporations are people. Thank you. Is running Ron DeSantis and his ill the fuck out of Florida. Because you got the money. What you got the power. Is the, it, it's, it's until they come for you. Until they you know come what I'm saying? Yeah. Until they come for you. You didn't think they could come for you because you were conservative feeling. Yeah. And you, you you had to change it up because people, everybody got money and you want people to come to your park, right? Yeah. And it started to become a problem for you because we get organized and we stop supporting you. Yeah. But the reality is that it was okay with you up until they came, they came for you. Yep. Well, also, this is my other thing too. Disney has got to support the LBGTQ community. Because let me tell you something, the person, it's not the people coming there with their two kids on a budget spending their fucking money. It's all Mm -hmm. the gay men. It is all the lesbians. It is all, I mean, there are Disney gay cruises. That community Mm -hmm. spends so much fucking money at Disneyland, supporting the, the, the movies, the songs, the outfits, I mean, <laughs> the merchandise. You, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Disney, get on well, the it's, fucking it's, sick. It's, it's a little late once they've signed bills. I'm like, and, but I'm like, okay, good. Glad to have you in the struggle. But like the reality of the situation is I do have a problem. I've always had an issue with them having this sort of weird special status. Yes. Um, uh, so it's a, it's sort of a mixed bag for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm, uh, uh, uh. but the thing is that governor Ron DeSantis, it's, he's a governor. He's not God. No. You know, he's not he's not the president. And and all he's doing is using all of your money, Florida taxpayers, and all of your energy, and all of that to try to run for for the president. Yeah. And 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 it's not okay. He's turned the this sort of and it and I think it's been quite correctly deemed as um just sort of revenge politics. Yeah. You know, that uh in fact was she's one of the senator state senator uh, Tina Polsky, she's a democrat, called this proposal quote revenge governance and the most brutal form of cancel culture. Now, mm-hmm. I have to give a caveat. I, the cancel culture thing is bullshit. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, um, all that means is that it's just that's just there's no such thing as cancel culture. It's called taste and discernment. I have the absolute right mm-hmm. to nobody is owes anyone an audience. OK, nor right. do I owe you my tacit support by not objecting to what you say or do so that, that it's a ridiculous statement to me. But that is her obviously trying to turn that back on them because of the, the obvious hypocrisy. Um, it's just disturbing. Everything is disturbing. And, and it is a really hard moment. It is a really hard moment. And that is our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a pitch. That was I a got definite, really that happy. Was a it was a very nice pitch. This uh, first email uh, is entitled, the, uh, the subject line is Psych Your Mind. <laughs> 
Hi, Frangela. I was compelled to send you an email after years of listening to the final word in Idiot of the Week and risk flooding your inbox more than necessary. But when I heard Francis mention, psych your mind, I guess she had to. Yes, Francis, I am a 31-year-old woman, but my dad, admittedly 60 years old, taught us, psych your mind, make your booty shine. I saw your mama on Channel 9 when I was growing up. My family is born and raised on the south side of Chicago, so maybe that's a Chicago thing, but I'm going to back Francis up on this one. Thank you for the nostalgia. It made my day. Love, Monique. P.S. I did pinky promises all the time growing up, so it didn't skip my generation at least. LOL. That's a whole way. Psych your mind, make your booty shine. I saw your mama on Channel 9. Psych your mind, your booty shine. I saw your mama on Channel 9. That's how you say it. Yeah, that just feels very dynamite to me. <laughs> it's... it's... You know, and did y'all y'all had Channel Nine? Because in Detroit, Channel Nine was Canadian television. Yeah, we had a Channel Nine too. Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't Canadian. It, was it wasn't like... Canadian. Okay, it wasn't Canadian. It was, uh, you know, that's what the channel that Ray Rayner came and Bozo came on. All right. Did they have the? Did you guys have a local dance show? Like on like your little local like on that channel? We had a, it was called the Scene. It was called oh. the Scene, and it was like it looked like it was in somebody's basement. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was just like people dancing. It was and it was on Saturdays. It was on like one of those channels. Well, you know, Soul Train started in Chicago, and my brothers yeah. and cousins used to go every Saturday and be on TV. This is this is really aging the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think there's there's footage. I'm sure somewhere of my brothers and cousins with afros dancing on Soul Train. I'm gonna have to carbon date your hair or something. <laughs> Next up is Margaret. I want to tell you that, that Francis, this most of our inbox over the last <laughs> week is about this. <laughs> Ladies, I'm writing to you today, not as a fan, but as Margaret S. of South Side of Chicago. South Side Rave. <laughs> Everything Francis said is true. Chicago is often oh, referred to as a city of neighborhoods. It is not. It is a city of small towns. I grew up with people who lived their entire life and have never been downtown, even though they live less than five miles from downtown and less one mile from, from the L. I did not go to the north side of Chicago until I was in my late teens. The Berlin Wall was never as impenetrable as the imaginary wall down Madison Avenue. It's so true. A schoolmate mm -mm. went on a day trip to Indiana and was convinced that she had been to India. I lived around. <laughs> she may just have been stupid, though. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, Margaret, uh, I'm just saying. I could live. I lived around people who could recite your genetics faster and more accurately than Ancestry.com. If you misbehaved in public, the report of your misbehavior got to your house before you did. Isn't that the truth? A nun I had in grade school taught both my father and grandmother. Brigadoon had nothing on Chicago, so I will always back Francis. She speaks the truth, Margaret S. Thank you, Margaret. It feels to me like the average age of, of, of our um, group, if you will, is a lot higher than I thought. <laughs> I'm telling you, something is up. Okay, this is uh, this is the uh, this subject line is I needed that. This is from mm -hmm. Steve F. Wow, the first week of the new schedule. Let me say that idiot of the week is a perfect way to start a Monday morning. Thank you for a mood reset to begin the week, Steve. Keeping the shot glass for its intended use. 
F. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. That's right. Um, in uh, For all your old timey witticisms and, and news, <laughs> come here. Psycho if it's old, it happened here. <laughs> and now it's time for resistance wrap up. This week, in, in addition to calling your elected representatives at the the general switchboard, which is 202-224-3121, it is actually today, as this podcast comes out, Earth Day. Yay! Which is the first time we're saying it today, but it's Earth Day. Yes, it is. And we're very, very excited. And we want you to, we want to give you some options to take action. Please go to earthday.org and check them out. Yeah, take a look around the site. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, they say change starts with action. Better yet, an action that affects the world around you. A billion acts of green, is what they're calling it, are happening across the planet, from students in classrooms to organizers in their communities to officials in the government. There are ways for anyone of any background to make a difference. Start small and go big or start big and stay big. Either way, keep coming back and taking actions to join the movement to change the world. And so if you go to earthday.org, they have all kinds of great actions where you can make your voice heard. So you can click in there and look at that. You can look at their most popular acts of green. You can plant a forest with a canopy with a canopy project. You can join a cleanup. You can find toolkits. You can take civic action where you can advocate for climate action at a university, pledge to support climate and environmental literacy. You can take community action. You can take individual action, like make your next meal plant-based. Even that, that simple act can Mm -hmm. help the earth, okay? One commitment I've made for this year, no more straws. As to what? No more straws. Do not let them bring me a straw if I'm someplace. Say it when I sit down, I would do not want a straw. I know it's a little thing, but I think we have to start. We, you, you know, that's one thing I can do that doesn't require a lot of effort on my part. And then I can just, just try to be remember it. Mm -hmm. Um, Today being Earth Day, you know, obviously it's important to do what you can today, but every day. And so I think that we were looking at this website. There's just a lot of really great uh, organizations and opportunities for you to do things as a family, by yourself, whatever you've got going in your community to be a part of trying to deal with what is I call the climate destruction. Yes. Stopping it. I'm Frances Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to The Final Word. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And
Miro is at the top of that list for me.